I actually teach some arranging little seminars at conferences here or there. And one of the first things on the list is be prayed up. In other words, uh, take the time to ask God for guidance in the preparation of whatever I was going to write. And I, I truly believe in that. I know that God does provide inspiration. Faith at the Fringe, a Sanctuary First podcast series. Uncovering God in the creative arts. At the biggest international arts festival in the world, Sanctuary First stops to ask, where does faith and art meet? to Faith at the Fringe, a Sanctuary First podcast series that seeks to engage with artists, musicians and creatives who have come to the Edinburgh Festival Fringe. I'm Albert Bogle and I'm joined with my friend and colleague Hannah Sanderson and together today we're going to be interviewing Camp Kirkland and his colleague Jeff Shelton. Both have come to be part of the Fringe this year and we're going to tease out what has brought them to the Fringe. So I'm going to begin by saying Camp Kirkland is a well-known Christian musician and leader in you know, the United States of America. And indeed, I'm told he has edited and been involved in um, arranging well over 2,500 pieces of Christian music. So you can see we've got with us someone who is a real... Uh, engaging entrepreneur who is opening up music in a new way and encouraging Christian churches to see the value of music, not only to help people grow as Christians, but also to reach out as a mission tool. So that's a summary, I think, of what it's about, but we're going to find out more. So welcome, uh, Camp. Thank you for coming and being part of our podcast today. My pleasure to be here with you today. And, and welcome also to you, Jeff. Thank you for being with us today. I think we should just start off with a, a simple question, but maybe it's a more difficult question. But I'm sure some of our, our, our listeners would just like to know, what does a church musician who's a composer and a conductor and an arranger do every day? What, what's your job? What, what would be a day in the life of Camp Kirkland look like? Well, uh, of course, it's varied uh, through different seasons of my life. There's times that I was actually full-time within a church ministry. And then uh, for the last uh, 50 years, I've been a freelance uh, as a music arranger. So those things, uh, it differs a little bit uh, for over the seasons. But uh, as a arranger, a music arranger, and I primarily see myself as a music arranger, I'm usually arranging someone else's song. I'm taking the song and crafting it uh, to be sung by a choir and with an orchestration provided for instrumentalists to play as well. And uh, over the years, uh, I was involved in many projects that took a lot of, took a lot of time. Uh, and for me to uh, create, for instance, a musical or a choral collection of say 10 songs, that's uh, three weeks of uh, 14, 15 hour days of, uh, of sitting down and writing. And I have to tell you, uh, in today's world of the computer and with the uh, computer software being available, 
I'm still using a pencil. Mm -hmm. I was going to ask you that. And uh, wow. I think uh, uh, I, I actually purchased uh, some wonderful music software in 1991, and I've done all of the updates with it. And every now and then I open it and say, boy, that looks nice. And then I pick up my pencil and write more music. <laughs> and, uh, but uh, sometimes when, when I'm actually in creation mode of writing, uh, it's a very intense time. My door is closed and uh, I, I can't focus on anything else but that. Uh, so, uh, so, so with that in terms of, uh, of the creation of music, it takes a lot of time and intense effort to do that. Although at my age, I'm, I'm a lot faster than I used to be. Yeah, so would, we, um, would, would you be employed? But who would employ you to do this? Is it churches or is it publishing companies or is it record companies? Or uh, I'm, I'm involved uh, as an arranger, arranger in the print music uh, area, not necessarily in the recording area of an artist's area or something like that, because I'm creating tools of music for the church. And, uh, and so the, the publishers are the ones that come to me, music publishers, and ask me, they request for me to do specific arrangements of specific songs or creation of those things. So then you might create, I'm just trying to help the, the listener understand, so you might then maybe create a series of songs that would be put into maybe a, a songbook that a choir, yeah. a choir could then use with between 30 and 50 people that would then use that as the a choir master would then take that music and, and, and get the choir to sing it. Is that exactly, and that's exactly what I would do. And then as a actual conductor, of course I've been in front of uh, church choirs or, ch or church instrumentalists uh, to rehearse them and prepare them on the music that I write as well. So there's not a lot of Camp Kirklands around in the world, are there? No. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there, no there, there, there are certainly a, a decent number of them, and, uh, and especially in America. Uh, there tends to be uh, a little more because... Um, uh, when I was uh, serving with my church uh, in a full-time basis, uh, I was, you know, I was a, a paid staff member, you know, to be able to be there and to rehearse, create, write, prepare for every Sunday, which rolls around every week, and uh, to uh, so that's that's pretty common in the United States. So part of one of the things I noticed, I know that, uh, that Hannah will have some questions to ask you in a moment. I'll give you a moment, Hannah. <laughs> but uh, one of the things you did say, and I've heard you say in, in, in your bio, is that one of the things that gives you great pleasure is writing music for the glory of God. And I was thinking, um, how does that touch your life as you think you've written something then that's going to be sung by many congregations throughout America. You know, um, I, I have to say that one of my favorite things and one of my most touching things is when occasionally I get a note from a minister of music uh, who's serving in another church, and they say, we used your arrangement of a particular song, and it really touched our congregation or it really spoke to our choir. And that lets me know that for three minutes, I was there with them in their worship service on that Sunday that I, I had the opportunity to be a part. And that's a great, great blessing to me. So I'm wondering then, when you're sitting down at a piano, at a desk? Or? I start there, or a desk, a yeah. desk and piano, yeah. Um, are you um, 
consciously kind of inviting that to be a process with God. I wonder, in, are you saying, are you asking for inspiration from, from, from God, from an external source? Is that part of your creative process? Or? Absolutely. And uh, I actually teach some arranging little seminars at conferences here or there. And one of the first things on the list is be prayed up. In other words, uh, take the time to ask God for guidance in the preparation of whatever I was going to write. And I, I truly believe in that. I know that God does provide inspiration. I will have to say that um, on occasion, people will ask me the question of what happens when you get writer's block? You know, like you can't think of something to put down. I remember the deadline. <laughs> and uh, uh, all of a sudden, I get creative again. <laughs> Absolutely. But I suppose when you get those notes back, you're aware of a, a beautiful thread or a, a weaving of the process starting with God while you're doing the arranging. And then as they're singing, wherever they may be, anywhere around the world, you're back with them worshiping through the, through the Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I, I, uh, I do, as you mentioned, my, my, uh, my heart is to... Uh, create, I, I call them tools uh, for the church, uh, tools for worship, and uh, so that uh, to help people do that. Um, I, I do get paid to do the work, but uh, if you ask my wife, uh, she would tell you that I just, I've never looked at the royalty statements. I don't do it for the money. I do it for the passion of it and for creating things for worship for, our, for my God. Uh, and Blessedly, he's helped us pay the, make the house payment So uh, through that. In our previous podcast, we were talking, um, Beck was the lady we were talking to, and she was suggesting that in her mind, she perceives that creativity and spirituality are the same thing. Um, and we were discussing how, obviously, it's the first characteristic of God we find out about in the Bible. It's the fifth word, uh, created in the beginning, God created. Um, Jeff, and, and I don't want to leave you out, um, and Camp, I mean, do you, does that resonate with you? Do you perceive that creativity and spirituality are closely related, same thing? Very closely related, maybe almost the same thing. Um, I teach at a, a private Christian school in Texas in the United States, and part of my duties, I teach music, I teach percussion, and uh, our school has undertaken, a, spent a lot of time developing and thinking about what are our core values, why are we here, you know, what's the purpose of Christian education, and one of the core values that we use is called, it would say that life is worship, and so for the creative student, what we try to push across to them is the idea that this ability you have to play a drum or to sing or to act, whatever you're doing, that's not just some neat hobby or neat skill. That's, that is a way that you can worship. So I do think, yes, they're very much intertwined. Mm. I thought you were going to tell me, like, like all drummers, that the first instrument that God ever used was the drum. Well, we could certainly discuss that. <laughs> <laughs> One of the account, thinking about your work, uh, again, our listeners would be, in, I think, would be interested to hear about the, you have a, you have a, influenced a huge number of uh, students and uh, become your proteges have moved on to take on really interesting pieces of work and Christian, uh, as leaders within Christian churches. But what styles of music do you, do? have you taught them? I mean, is it, is it one style? Is it like highbrow organ material or what, what, 
is there a variety of music that you're involved with? I'm, I'm involved personally in a variety, and I like a lot of different kinds of music. My teaching, per se, with uh, uh, young budding music arrangers or writers, uh, it does not really involve style. The style for them comes from their heart, from things that uh, they know. Um, when I teach my little arranging classes that I do here and there, um, I, I tell them that every single one of us is a composite of every piece of music we have ever heard, even television commercials, everything uh, that God created this uh, brain that we have that's a computer that can store an amazing amount of information. And uh, so I think for as far as the creation of the music, as far as writing, uh, the people that I work with or teach or guide, uh, they already have concepts of music that they prefer to styles they prefer to write in. And, uh, and if they do, uh, my principles are exactly that. Their principles are guidelines that are general to all styles of music. Then it's a matter of where, what they just prefer to do. In my case, I've been commissioned uh, by music publishers to do just about every style that you can imagine. Uh, I haven't done rap yet, but- uh, <laughs> There's still time. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah, there's still time. Uh, but but just about every style from from I would call a significantly more a classical approach to um, gospel. Uh, I've done a lot of gospel arrangements uh, and uh, inspirational things, so a variety of things, and I love doing it all. Well, maybe I'm just asking: Is there one particular piece? I don't know if we would be able to do it, but uh, if you named a piece for us that maybe at some point in the podcast we might be able to go out with a little bit of a song that you would think would be interesting for people to ever listen to? Is there a piece that we could think about? Uh, my, I, I have favorites, there's no question about it, but there's a bunch of them. Uh, and each one has its own relevancy because each one that I write is my, my baby. It's my child that I'm working on to create. And so for the moment, that's my favorite, you know? Right. Uh, but I do have one orchestra arrangement that I still think is my favorite orchestra arrangement, just for orchestra only, not for choir. And it's based on the wonderful hymn, Praise to the Lord the Almighty. And uh, it was one of those arrangements that when I began crafting it, writing it, everything just was falling into place. I mean, it was almost like the notes were falling out of my pencil onto the paper. And, uh, and I, I still really, really like it. I think, I, I think it was 1992 when I wrote it. And uh, I've already told my son, who, by the way, is the minister of music at our church, and, and he's my son, uh, I've already told him that's what I want played at my funeral. And uh, so uh, I just, I really love that arrangement. It's a, a classic hymn uh, that uh, I really enjoyed creating. Great. Mm -hmm. Is that one that one goes, praise to the Lord, that's the, the Almighty, one. the King of creation. That's right. But mine's a little different. And uh, uh, perhaps we can play it. So. Yeah, well, we might be able to hear Maybe a little bit of it okay. uh, at some point. Yeah. But that, this is the interesting thing about you, we're getting into the nitty gritty of what your job is. And it's you're taking music that people love, but then giving it a fresh look at and they can engage with it in, in, a, in, a, in a new way. Now, there's another area that I know that is very close to your heart, and you've been involved in a project called uh, Global Missions. Yes. Could you tell us a little bit about that? Uh, I, I'd be glad to. A Global Missions Project is the name of our organization, and um, it's a not-for-profit, uh, and we take musicians on missions. And uh, we found out, uh, we've been doing it for 20 years now. We had our 20th 
birthday party uh, in June of this year. And uh, that, uh, that it's become my passion. It's my most significant passion in my life today. Uh, and we take uh, orchestras. I take uh, orchestras and jazz bands. We take choirs also. We take praise teams. We take a variety of musicians uh, to uh, international uh, mission projects. And uh, I've been to 40 countries over the last 20 years. And uh, I've been on 128, I think, mission projects. Uh, each one of our projects are about 10 days long. And we really, just really, really enjoy those. And Jeff has been a part of several of those and has been a great asset to us uh, in traveling on those. But it's a, music is the greatest magnet that I know of for attracting people to connect. And connection is what we're all about and opens the door for conversation and to share. Mm, so, um, Jeff, um, which one of these, or can you tell us a story from one of these missions that you went on? What stands out? Oh, there are so many stories that stand out. I will, uh, I will say this. I don't think I've ever uh, told Camp this, but when I'm talking to people about my involvement and, and what I do, um, the thing that I think I love the most is that Global Missions projects, you end up going and performing for people that are, in a lot of cases, never going to have this opportunity. Uh, when, you're, when you're driving a bus, or not driving, but riding a bus up a precarious road in Guatemala to literally the top of a, of a volcano, thinking, is this the day that I go? You know? <laughs> and you get there, and, and there's this small school with these wonderful kids, this little village full of wonderful people that no, no performing group ever comes wow. there to, yeah. to, to share music or, or anything, and, and you get to do that. And that's, that's the part that keeps me coming back. Uh, but also uh, the, the network of musicians who have become dear friends now is just... It's been amazing. I've been involved for about five years now. Actually, my first, my first project was to Glasgow. So, so my start of this whole thing was in Scotland. So it's great to be back. And uh, just, it's, it's a wonderful way to take the, the passion that you have as a musician and your, your, your quest to, to share the gospel and to, and to be on mission it all wraps together. It's a wonderful experience. Mm -hmm. So we've been joined by the St. Cuthbert's organ recital. Yeah, if you hear you that hear in that. the background, <laughs> uh, shortly there's going to be a recital here at St. Cuthbert's. So uh, it's all part of the plan <laughs> uh, as we talk about music for this to happen. Um, so what brings you to the Edinburgh Festival? Well, my friend Colin Peckham, uh, who is also our mission partner here, uh, in Edinburgh, uh, has uh, invited us here previously to be a part of the Fringe. Uh, and uh, the group that we have brought here before is called Metro Big Band. That's our generic name for our jazz bands that we travel with. And Metro Big Band is not one group of musicians, it's a different group each time we gather together and travel. But that's our name is Metro Big Band. And uh, I think Colin uh, uh, Colin has a wonderful ministry through uh, his symphonic praise and his foot-stomping gospel and the, the things that he does already here. But um, I think our jazz band ignited something new in him. And uh, he's gotten excited about having jazz band too. And so this week is going to be the first time 
that Colin has stood in front of a jazz band and conducted them on Thursday evening of this week. And so Colin and I began to talk because we took Metro Big Band to Cape Town, South Africa, where Colin also spends time. And uh, we were there in March. And as part of that uh, time there together, we began talking about his effort to do the jazz band here uh, this week. And I said, well, maybe uh, would you, would you, I'd, I'd love to just come be a part uh, if, you would, if that would be good. And he said, that would be wonderful. Uh, he'd love for me to come and be uh, another encourager uh, to the band and everything. So, uh, so I came here just to do that for this week. And uh, Jeff uh, came to be the drummer. Uh, Colin had not found the right person because playing drums in a big jazz band is a different animal. It's all, it's a totally different thing. It's not rock and roll, it's totally different. And, uh, and Jeff is a wonderful uh, musician and uh, drummer. And so uh, Colin said, do you think you have someone that might be willing to come? And I said, I know just the guy <laughs> if he's available. And so I contacted Jeff and he jumped on board very, very quickly. So we're here to be a part of the first ever uh, Origin, uh, that's the ministry that Colin has, the first ever Origin jazz band. And, uh, and that's, what, that's why we're here. And you can come along. So uh, it's at Charlotte Chapel, and it's on Thursday the 17th at 8 p.m. And then um, if you like that, which I'm sure you will, um, you can come along to the Foot Stomping Gospel as well, which is also at Charlotte Chapel at 8 p.m., and that's on the 18th and 19th. So get those plugs in. Well, I heard, I heard from one of our team who dropped in to your show last year, uh, and uh, Jack came home raving about it. That there was there was no room there was no room to get in almost. He just said it was a fantastic night, and uh, just the place was jumping, and people were really enjoying it and engaging with it. It got me thinking. Can you help us in Scotland? Because we are in a situation where we have got many of our churches where we don't have the musicians we need, where the praise isn't as good as it could be, and we need to be inspired that we can lift and encourage congregations to see that they can do something with praise that isn't always connected with the pipe organ, because sometimes people can't find someone who can play the pipe organ well. So here's the question. How do you bring all your experience and all the network that you've got in America to a place like Scotland that has very little network Christian worship in the sense of network with Christian musicians to make worship work in congregations? Well, first of all, Scotland has musicians, and Scotland has good musicians. And uh, whether they are believers or not, I don't know, uh, but I know this. I know that there are resources here, and uh, the, I was at the rehearsal last night, and that band was a is a is a really great band. Uh, if you come to the concert Thursday night, you're gonna you're gonna be impressed, and you're gonna have a great time because they're excellent musicians, every single one of them. Um, so we know that they are there. So it's a matter of connecting with them in some way, and uh, uh, music leaders or directors meeting people and inviting them to come participate uh, in their worship times at their churches. Um, that's exactly what we've done in the United States. And I'll tell you one other thing too. 
I believe that excellence um, attracts excellence. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and I've built so much of the teaching of uh, our ministry that we've done in our churches uh, back in the States uh, on making sure that things are excellent, that they're done well. Uh, I don't believe in doing things halfway. I like to do it well. And I've, I've, I have found that uh, if you want to attract good musicians, you need to have good musicians starting the, pro the process. So, so would you bring in, say someone wasn't quite a believer, but they were interested. Could they sit down and play in, 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 in an orchestra that you were working with? You know, in my uh, church that I uh, served first, uh, it was actually my home church that I was attending in the womb. Uh, my parents were already going there, and uh, I was in that church for 55 years. But I also served there for 17 years on the staff. And uh, I wish that I had a photograph of every person who came to play in the orchestra and who came to Christ. Mm. And uh, my pastor was a believer that every single thing that we did in the church, every program was an outreach program. Wow. And uh, so it was a, it was a, it was a blessing to uh, see it. I was actually, when I first started, I was actually a teacher. Uh, when I st started working with the instrumentalists at the church, I was a teacher. I was a high school teacher, and then I was a college teacher, actually preparing people for music degrees. And I invited many of the students to come and play with us. And uh, they have become rich in their faith uh, over the years, and I love seeing them now uh, often when I can uh, and hear their testimony about how God is working in their lives. So what you're saying is really a, have an open approach to, the, the, to the, the music community in Scotland and welcome them into the church and give them a space to share. And who knows, through that, they will grow and through music come to a deeper faith in Christ themselves and also be used to reach others. Absolutely. And I, and I believe that uh, if they're there and if they're hearing the word of God preached and taught, uh, God can use that to, uh, to reach them, and uh, I, I, believe, I believe in that, and I've seen it happen uh, too many times over many, many years. I think as well, when you're an artist, when you're a creative, you, um, you use all of yourself in that process, don't you? You use all that you are in your drumming. You use all that you are in your arranging, and I think that in that process, if you, I remember my dad once said to me, um, if you open your heart to somebody and Jesus is in your heart, they'll meet Jesus. And so I can already feel from both of you that, you know, that that, that, that is the case, that Jesus is in your heart. And when you're playing and when you're arranging, you're opening your your heart to, to, to that person through through the music. If somebody was to come along on Thursday, um, what what would your aim be? for their experience over that hour or hour and a half? What are you hoping to achieve? Uh, you're speaking of a, a musician that would come in? No, just off the street. Anybody who's listening to this will think, I'm going to pop oh. along to Charlotte Chapel, see what's happening. What, what is your hope? What is your aim that that person would feel or experience while they're there? Well, ultimately, uh, the goal would be that they would come to a knowledge of who Jesus Christ actually is and that they would meet him and understand uh, that, uh, number one, God loves them, and God loves every, every person. But God gave us free will, and 
he wants us to choose him. He has already chosen us, every single person that lives on this planet. He's already said, all you have to do is ask. But uh, that, that would be my goal, it would be to introduce people to our Savior uh, through the music and through the testimony and through, the, through his word. Well, can I say how much we've enjoyed this podcast? Can I say, it's the first time I've met you, Kump, and uh, I saw your picture on, on, the, on the internet, and I thought, I like this man. There was something about your smile, there was something about your generosity that could be seen in your photograph. And boy, you've shared that here, and so has Jeff. You've come in, and you've shared yourself, and you've opened our hearts to see how important music is, and how music can, can lift us closer to God, but also can reach out to others who are searching and find a place where they can belong. And uh, it's been great having you here. And we want to thank Colin who, uh, Beckham, who has brought you here today, and also for just being part of our podcast today. Thank you so much. Our blessing. And can I encourage you, if you have been listening to this, uh, those of you who are our listeners, Thank you for being part of our podcast today. And also we'd like you to put your comments in and perhaps you've got ideas about how we could grow some kind of maybe Christian college or school or where young people and older people who are musicians could grow and be able to minister and share in the worship of God in our churches. I don't know, that's just an idea, but maybe you're looking in and just you've been encouraged by what you've seen. We'd love to hear from you. and We'd love that interaction from you. So thank you again for being with us. And uh, until our next podcast, God bless. Bye.